Howdy, everybody. Happy Monday morning, and welcome to episode seven of Art Sofa Podcast. I'm Helena Westra. I'm Zachary Dobbins. And I'm Ethan Chan. And today we're going to be getting into some of our favorite artworks. We're each going to name <laughs> two, one that we've seen in the past year in person and another mm. one that's more like all-time encompassing breaking the barriers of time and space <laughs> whichever so and if you're if you're an overachiever you've seen both of them in person yeah <laughs> i'm sorry we can't all be overachievers zach i know we're trying <laughs> real low blow <laughs> <laughs> um but before that let's get let's get a little catch up and apologize for missing last week i had a triple whammy health and wellness check that needed to be addressed so um, apologize for my post-illness voice, but we're <laughs> back in the saddle this week. Ethan and I sulked in our studio that you were gone, so it, <laughs> yeah. you were mourned. But so now you you're guys, back. you guys are moved in, and yeah, we just got kind of we finalized some move-in stuff. We built ourselves two workbenches so that, but wow. they combined into one, so that Ethan and I, when we need some space from each other, we can we can move things apart <laughs> and work on our own things, or we can work on one big thing and. We'll we'll get into that, but it's I don't know. It's been such a pleasure just having our own space that I we can bet. kind of walk into and do whatever until ten o'clock, and well, that's the only downside. And then, you gotta get food <laughs> and then we got to get out of there. Head up the but, bars in North Park. Yeah, exactly. So what? Uh, I know. Goodness, last we left off, I was about to have my exhibition. Yeah. My exhibition has been had, or, or I guess it started the opening. Um, Which had a great turnout, by the way. It was way. a good turnout, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure everyone was there for myself and not <laughs> Kelsey Brooks that was opening in the front gallery. But hey no, it now. was. Hey it was now. no. I I think I had a, it was a great turnout. We had a lot of. Um, people come and check out the work, and um, I was thrilled with the way the installation kind of saw itself out to be. Um, I sold the center Ooh, altarpiece, yeah. which I did not expect opening that one to night. go. Yeah, opening night. Nice. Um, someone purchased the center uh, altarpiece that uh, is the fire extinguisher altar with the kneeler and all that fun stuff. So I'm going to have to decide and figure out how to uh, install that in their home or wherever they That's end up putting so it. going to see what comes of the other pieces in the next month or so when yeah, they're up. You still got some April. time in there. Yeah. Yeah, until, what is it, April 8th or something yeah. along those nice. lines. So if you're hearing this podcast and haven't seen the exhibition, uh, go check it out. It's at Quint Gallery. It's in the Museum of in the back of their space. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited. And I, I'm, I've been talking to Ethan about how like I feel like I could arrange them in different ways to show like for if, I don't know, to negotiate yeah. like a, if I were to have a the opportunity to negotiate like a second sale, like how I would arrange the pieces to kind of be more um, pointing towards that insulation. So I don't know. It's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun just like thinking about, you know, learning a lot from this experience and not that it's about sales, but it is kind of fun to get someone that wants totally. your piece. Um, and it's like putting your children up for adoption, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get money for it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> there might be something else. <laughs> it might not be the best metaphor, but yeah, it's nice to find a happy home is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's exactly. good to find a happy home for your pieces. Yeah, no, I mean, it's <laughs> oh, it was it was so much fun. And I'm I'm so glad that, that the piece is going to someone who really appreciates it for what it was. And, you know, I, I think when I was talking to them, they fell in love with it just from like uh, the, you know, the initial the start. And then I kind of was like, but this is what, you know, where I was working with. Yeah. And I think it only helped. So. And then we went after that. So after the exhibition, I think what a week later, uh, we went and saw Helena's opening at the stay, award yeah. exhibition for SDSU. Mm -hmm. And then they had their also their faculty show. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the exhibition and all the yeah. fun things that go with that? Um, the faculty and alumni show was really cool. I feel like it was really fun to see all of the pieces that like some professors that I know and also what everyone's been up to. And I liked how there were some more interactive and installation based pieces. 
in that show. Um, and the student award exhibition was awesome too because I feel like it's just great to see what my peers are up to yeah. and what everyone's kind of been cooking up. And it's sort of like the big meaty exhibition for the students. And they have cash prizes, which is pretty cool. So and it's, a, it's an awards exhibition and there's like eight to, I want to say eight like offices on campus that donate money into this pool mm. that they use to purchase and give awards to students and those works that are awarded get taken into the university's permanent collection and placed on campus That's to be awesome. shown and like right. support the arts and yeah. have it be shown like there's a the engineering office i think joined in recently so they have it was funny this guy with a really russian accent came up and like gave this little talk about art but it was like very engineering based <laughs> like it was really silly yeah um that's great but I got an award, which was awesome. That's so awesome. my little thank you, my little coyote <laughs> piece, my child got adopted. Nice. My <laughs> pet, my little little thing got adopted. So I'm happy that it's going to be in a good home. And it is nice to get money for your work because yeah. it's it's. I feel like art always pays me back in the most unexpected ways sometimes. And yeah. It's always a pleasant surprise. Like I'm a, always sometimes super it's nice stoked. just to get a little cash. Yeah. Too, you know? <laughs> it's like I guess I'm headed in the right direction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, lots of openings in the world yeah. right now. I mean, then there was the faculty show after, which yeah. Ethan and I really, or I don't, maybe I'll speak for myself first. I, I really love that the hair piece. The I hair one who, was cool. Who's that the was my artist or away from that too? That was yeah. the best piece in there. Yeah, I, I think forget, so. I forget. Who but the that kind of interactive is, but... braiding the hair that are like embedded in the bricks, and I, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed that piece. I enjoyed a lot of the other pieces, but I think that one stuck out for me as as far as you know where it lands within. I think it was the most successful to you know for. Um, you know, viewing and also interaction and insulation. I think it took a lot into account, which I I did enjoy a lot. Ethan, what do you, yeah, yeah? What are you up to? You've got an opening coming up on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, the eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, the eighteenth. Tell us more. But <laughs> but it's the same show, guys. <laughs> it it's just, an opening two months into the show's yeah, exhibition. It's a, what what was the term we gave it? A, a mid um. A mid-show reception. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a mid-show reception. And it's closing, what, like a month after or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a weird timeline. Because um, Oceanside does a lot of different exhibitions at once as yeah. far as like, and then they do like a celebration for all, all of them. Yeah, once they like all try in. to get as many yeah. new like, And there's like a opening. crazy sculpture, like food-based type yes. artist um, that's like super textural, yeah. sculptural animal. And Her like stuff is by far the best outfits that's currently stuff. up at Oceanside, I think. Um, Other than yours. I'm <laughs> no, no, hers is better. I'm, I like that you're both like food outfits. I'm blanking on her name, but yeah, there was a like a big popcorn ball gown dress nice. that I thought was really fun. And I like imagining how hard it is to like move those things <laughs> and transport them into the gallery. Yeah, because they're all tough like free on the installers yeah. for yeah. sure. So, so what? Um, give us a reminder of what the pieces that are in there, and then when the opening is, and kind of how that's all going to go down. If you don't sure. mind, yeah, it's um, so it's a performance documented through photography, and the sculptures on display are kind of the relics or the outfits that are involved in the performance. All handpicked outfits from. Um, my closest friends, um, a selection of my closest friends that um, did day-to-day -day tasks in copies of their outfits built out of sauce packets <laughs> and just watching them struggle doing day-to-day -day things and then shooting <laughs> photos of that. Um, seven <laughs> are going into, are already in, sorry, Oceanside Museum. Uh -huh. um, and then 
that's up until April, at which point the show is moving to art produce in May, and then five new people's nice. costumes and Ooh, photographs. And I will be one of the yes. one of those Zach people. Says, and yeah. then I made the new. Cut. I'm excited <laughs> to see which outfit you pick. Um, Are it's you wearing much, your Converse? Yes, Converse. Gonna, yeah, he's wearing the shoes. Right? <laughs> can I give a sneak peek of what's gonna? Yeah, go yeah, it, yeah. I, I think it's gonna be pretty much like the things I wear day to day. It's like my normal kind of. I don't know, my, my kind of over jacket that I always throw yeah. on, a t-shirt, the unique cargo shirt. pants, yeah. um, and my Converse, and then I'm going to have a Milwaukee drill as well. That, <laughs> yes. was, that thing was I so fun to props. build. The, I think that was, I was like, can I have a drill in mine or something else? And he's like, sure. And then he sent a photo and it looks yes. great. I'm excited to see I, that. I'm happy with that drill. When, when, Is it when are we going to do the photo? Oh. So the performances are all coming uh, this April. We're going to try to, nice. I was talking with Lily and we're just going to shoot them all in succession after all the costumes have been built. Nice. So I'm currently halfway done. I just have um, my sisters to finish and my mom's. We should shoot a, my photo at the at our studio. Yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, we could do that, that in the too. elevator. I think yeah. that would be so oh, fun. Oh, <laughs> in the cargo elevator? Yeah, that thing is crazy. elevator. Yeah, that yeah. would be a lot of fun. Or just in the weird concrete room that we're oh, in or something. Man. Yeah, That'll mm. be great. I can't wait to see the drill. Is it ketchup? Can I ask if it's ketchup? It's... um. Oh shit. no! I think sauce? it's soy sauce. That's it's it. soy it's, sauce. It's really? Yeah, yeah it, it looks it looks sick. It's cucumin. It. <laughs> it's horseradish for the silver, and Diablo sauce for all the black. Ooh, nice. yeah. Taco Bell. Oh, don't get me started. I can I could do a Taco Bell room right now, man. <laughs> man, I, I haven't eaten today. I'm oh so my gosh, hungry. Y'all. So Ethan, your opening is from. It's, does it start at six? Does it start at five? What time? That what time we haven't it? confirmed. I, I believe the placeholder <laughs> date. <laughs> They've had two months to figure it I out. I know, but the placeholder date is like still a placeholder at this point. We think it's May 5. Oh, oh no, no, no. For, no, no, no. for, for the current Oceanside. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's it's uh, March 18th from 5 to 7. 5 nice. to In 7. Oceanside Museum at of Oceanside Art. At Oceanside Museum of yes, Art. Yes, at Oceanside Museum of to Art. All the of second you floor. listening to this before that date, pull up. Yeah. And um, by the way, I don't think I've told either of you yet, but you two get to go for free. Yes. Nice. Because um, people who are involved in like the performances, the photo shoots, and the installation get to mm-hmm. go for free. Um, so don't pay. Just go upstairs. Yeah. For the rest of you listening, pay the dollar. <laughs> yeah. Is it one dollar? You said it's um, I believe so. Oh no, it's five. <laughs> That's, not it's bad, That's not bad. That's for not bad. For the Ocean and, Museum and, of Art. Yeah, and it's an opening event too. Which yeah. Is yeah. Kind of, yeah. They'll probably have goodies there. I always forget there. that museums like typically charge a front entrance where galleries are typically like free admission <laughs> yeah they need you to get in the door and buy some things yeah i wish we charged a mission <laughs> that would be so silly yeah i know just have pay a little up. ticket booth at the front of our you know single wall or you should only gallery. ask them to pay when they're about to leave like yeah. by the way yeah you owe us some money on the yeah. way out <laughs> cash or else you gotta only. leave out the back entrance or something um but yeah i i think Goodness, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all the other fun ventures we have. Ethan yeah. and I are still cooking up some shows, but we're still. I'm really excited for the next two. Per- we're getting next two person show for the two person yeah. show. That, that's that's you what you guys I'm are cooking. Right you guys are in the kitchen. Yeah, we're getting settled into our studio. We got the like I said, the workbenches are, are built. Chopping vegetables. The tools are in. I acquired myself. Tenderizing the meat. Helena, stop I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to keep going and seeing how long she would. I, would have, I commit to the bed. <laughs> I stopped listening to Zach. I started listening to the analogy. Um, um, but yeah, no, we, we, got a, we got moved in. Tool bench is made. Nice. We got all the things ready to go and start to start working. 
Um, I started finishing up a piece that, or not, I don't know. I'm like midway through. The car uh, door. The car door. Yeah. And then ring, 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 uh, I acquired a lathe the other day. Ooh, a, a lathe. <laughs> I got a good deal. That's I such a fun I word help to say. But, can't help but find good deals on Facebook Marketplace. So I think it'll come in handy. Yeah, I think it'll come in handy like maybe a couple times. But yeah. who knows? Um, and then yeah, I mean now it's just time to to get get to work in there. Yeah. Now that we're moved in, that excitement's over. It's get just, cooking. Get to cooking. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much all the updates I have. Anyone else got anything else that we yeah, missed? On, oh, I know. Yeah, on oh yeah. Wednesday. So this weekend, yesterday. No. This weekend, yesterday. yesterday. This weekend, <laughs> <Sorry>. yesterday. <laughs> Yes. Yesterday, I installed a piece at the Miracosta Kruglak Gallery, and next week on Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., which in, is an interesting time for a reception, but still going to be awesome. University's got to figure that out. Man. Yeah. There's going to be an artist talk and a reception that's open to the public for Desert Echoes, which is the Landmarks of Art show nice. um, with Very cool. Yoshi Yoshimi Hayashi, my teacher, awesome guy, and Allison, friend of the Bildry, show, Bill Gilbert, Robert Wright, and me. Um, yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's like his landmarks of art program, which we've talked about before. Yeah. And um, Ethan went out to the launch event back in November, where I had a piece, but that's finally gonna be on display. So, so it was out in the desert, and now it's in now a gallery. It's in the gallery. Like, it was it's all like artifacts of the piece. Yeah, of, yeah. Because I think all of the the works were performative, right? To it's a degree, some... at least the ones at the launch event were. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's gonna be some new stuff oh. in the gallery that the other artists are showing, but it's Sweet. it's looking cool in there. Yeah. Nice. It's looking really cool. So. No, that sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm ex I'm excited to hopefully make it out there at the very least, if not for the opening. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, lo I love what Yoshi's doing there with the uh, Landmarks of Art thing mm -hmm. out in the desert and being experimental. And hopefully we'll have it here at the gallery that I work at yeah. sometime after. It'd be fun to see how it changes through over time. Oh, yeah. Um, Is there any update on that? Like It just depends on where we're going to be at the gallery. Like, are <laughs> we going right. to be here? Where are we going to be, you know, as far as our business model? Or are we going to be nonprofit? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think all of it could work. It's just depending on what that's going to be. And so we can right. lock down dates. But no, I'm excited. It's definitely uh, cool to see how the works translate into the gallery space and yeah. the the Kruglak gallery on Miracosta campus is an interesting gallery space too they've got all these overhead track lights and the floor's carpet which is interesting <laughs> but carpeted gallery yeah. F FSU used to be that way and they finally really? I think just before my exhibition they gutted it and then added like faux wood flooring but yeah it's it was really it's interesting it's, really it's like kind of soft and inviting in a weird way I'm not opposed to it it just sounds like it's it's hard to picture what that would look yeah. like. Like, like you could sit on the sculpture. floor comfortably. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I have done. We um, had yeah, the, I had an exhibition in a carpeted gallery at FSU, and it was so funny. Like I don't know, it felt it felt really like I don't know. I got kids can come in and roll on yeah, the floor. Yeah, exactly. And, it's like it, inviting. And also, in we were a way. having like a show that was it had to do with kind of sensory things mm -hmm. and like being able to touch and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's so kind of, It was kind yeah, of, I made nice. this big like weird inflatable tunnel that like collapsed throughout the, oh. I don't know, it was it was definitely Wait, like, what's that? Wait, oh, I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> that sounds cool. Wait. We'll it talk. Was, it was a piece that, I don't know, I, I don't I don't love, but I made like this kind of big plastic inflatable tunnel that inflated and then would kind of deflate over like and the and then the the tunnel itself would collapse. That's it was cool. kind, of, oh, wait, kind of like a like clown that. house almost. Yeah, like in a way. Wait, I like that. Like but it would cut off tunnel. like people being able to like go from that end to the other. I don't know I don't, how FSU like let me do these things <laughs> and like not worried about like people's safety and like I tried to take a lot into consideration, but someone could have 
gotten oh, wrapped up yeah, in the there's tunnel. There's a lot of or you, I feel like <laughs> I feel tunnel. like that's just the undergrad experience though. Cause, yeah, because I feel like you get a, you get away with like a lot of things it, in yeah. undergrad. I built I built a the, the very dumb blunt way of putting it is I built a bomb. Oh yeah, in the I know gallery. What and, talking about <laughs> and they let me run the thing. Like if I didn't, it was just a it. bunch of oh I saw it was that. a bunch of electrical. It was equipment. a bunch yeah. of yeah, it was random electrical items like stuff that heated up that turned on lights and that just turned on every kind of function and it all went on simultaneously in one switch like all 200 of these <laughs> items and if i didn't like set it to cut after like three seconds it would have like caught fire or something. <laughs> that's great or shorted the entire circuit of the school <laughs> yeah I, I, I just i Whichever they, they let you get first. away with a lot of stuff in undergrad which is yeah. fun so the uh desert echoes show is from march 14th to april 14th Mm -hmm. um month-long show the opening is once again from 11 a.m to 1 p.m on march 15th which is this upcoming wednesday also artist talks right yeah artist artist talks talks. at the same time yeah yeah that's fun i like that so it'll be short and sweet and i'm super excited to see what the what everyone has to talk about yeah so Ethan put together this PowerPoint for us of the works that we had um, submitted to him <laughs> of our favorite um, work of kind of not all time, but a favorite work, you know, in the past yeah. years yeah. or whatever it may be. And then a favorite work that we've seen within the past year um, that in, that we've seen in person, actually. So kind of pulling from, you know, all of these places that we've all been to and just yeah. sharing it with one another. But we're going to get started with that. Emphasis on a like, like not the like the one, which oh, yeah. I think a would be terribly work. hard yeah. for a all of favorite us, work. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one that's been like a big resonator. If it was the at one point, I'm sure the there'd would be, be two Chris Burdens and, and <laughs> yeah. whatever Helena <laughs> chooses. We, we also did try. <laughs> we also did try to 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 pick like art pieces that are made by artists that we haven't yeah. covered before. I think. <clears throat> I yeah. I think I, yeah. putting this together, like I I didn't recognize any of the names, like. That, that we've, we've talked, talked about, about so yeah that's pretty good all right yeah i'd love to dive into this so first we've got uh teresa margoyas and so her work that i saw at the hammer so we're going through works that we've seen in the past year first mm-hmm. so yes. we're all going to kind of go around and share those um i saw it in 2021 um and it, it consists of 32 handcrafted air conditioning units and the, so they're kind of swamp coolers uh purchased from um a very specific town in Mexico, and it gets the water from the uh, Rio Bravo to power the swamp coolers. And so swamp coolers work through this strange way of, uh, well, fun way of kind of trickling down water over a membrane, and then the air, then air is pushed past it, and the evaporation causes it to cool. So there are these all, there's 32 of them, and they're stacked, uh, I think, four high and however many across to get to 32. <laughs> Seven. That's Seven cool. across. And they're um, all on. And they're all on. So there's and like so a there, hum. There's like a, a, there's a hum in the room the and they're all handcrafted. So they're all like made and cut uh, from sheet metal by hand by oh, these kind of craftspeople nice. in, in, um, in Mexico to, you know, cool your home or to, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it may be. But they're sold on like the side of the road, mm-hmm. which I love. Like, like the photo that the artist used as kind of like other documentation is this kind of like side of the building that where this guy was just selling, you know, somewhere around 32 of them uh, on the side of the road. And then uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that work. So the uh, I have a little bit of a write-up from the artist and from some yeah. other sources. I didn't know we were supposed to bring that. Nobody should oh, no. expect <laughs> that from anybody but Zach. Zach is the most well-prepared. <laughs> um, Lay it on us. The, so this new work um, was developed for their exhibition at the Hammer Museum. Uh, it was called Witch Hunt. 
reflects the culmination of that's an awesome title yeah that's yeah. awesome especially if you're interested in what the artist is kind of diving into because it is kind of multifaceted in, mm-hmm. in its approach uh reflects culmination of investigations in her work for the Mexican Pavilion at the 20, 2019 Venice Biennial. Oh, cool. So that's kind of where it's a culmination of works from mm-hmm. that. Awesome. Um, so the artist is using the past like blood-soaked fabrics that, um, that the artist has used to collect fluids from bodies of people murdered in the streets Dang. of Juarez, uh, where displayed and infused with water and like other kind of, they're like used to create mist within the gallery. Like, it was this really intense Whoa. experience, but this one they've kind of toned it back, I guess, a little bit. Um, uh, they signaled a shift in the artist's gaze from the morgue to the public space and her desire to increase awareness of the growing number of individuals disproportionately female identified who have been executed, their bodies left in public spaces, often wow. uh, accompanied by messages from the many uh, drug cartels. So there's like this very long history of that and, and its relationship to Mexico and the border, mm-hmm. but it's in an interesting way in how they engage the border. The piece is called, um, goodness. Um, El Agua de Rio Bravo. So, and uh, this kind of group of trans uh, women were engaged in this process within the work. So they, the uh, artists had commissioned or I guess hired these trans women that are stationed at this very specific kind of midway camp in Mexico um, to collect the water for this piece. So all the water is collected oh. from the Rio Bravo uh, right next to the border between uh, Mexico and Texas. So they were kind of hired to do these things so so it's like um the the midway from the el paso border then correct yeah and then so inside the machines the water is pumped through a filter made of straw and uh blown from uh, the fibers as it evaporates it emits a wall of cool air that blankets guests entering the museum so this is actually like right at the beginning yeah there's like the check-in desk i guess from the street view you can also come in from the back but if you come in from the front you go up these steps Mm -hmm. and it's like right there like right as you enter the museum uh, the water used was gathered by these uh, women at, at a temporary shelter uh, that houses trans migrants from Mexico to Central America. So, uh, residents of the shelter are ordinarily used to collect clean waters to kind of clean themselves or whatever it may be. But they are often, you know, they were sent down to the river to collect the water then to bring mm-hmm. back. But instead, the artist has kind of paid them to do that and collect it and bring it to mm-hmm. uh, or, or provide it for the exhibition. At the museum, the liquid is a document of the emphasis of living over the dead, symbolizing the migration of individuals who have passed through uh, escaping situations of extreme and violent persecution, seeking asylum in the United States. As the water passes through the bodies of the cooler, it forms a sculptural piece and infrastructure that carries within its own hope, bravery, and perseverance of the different residents. The, the piece itself is super, you know, loaded. socially engaged yeah. and loaded. Yeah. But it's, I think it's presentation of this very large sculptural form that's, I don't know, probably 15 feet high at, at, at a minimum. You know, there are these yeah. large kind of air Those conditioners. Those structures are awesome. They yeah. look like buildings. But if you look at, they're so like imperfect as yeah. well. Like each one is like, you super know, they're handmade. Yeah, yeah. And, but you know, they're made to look like, you know, air conditioners that you see out of mm-hmm. a factory, but they're totally like handcrafted. Yeah. You can tell that some guy makes these in a very specific way. Um, but I they're, you know, that. really riveted together yeah. or in, you know, you can see the straw membrane on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like a, some sort of plastic membrane that you'd find in like a swamp cooler in the U S it's or very not factory built. Yeah. Looking. yeah. But, but it, uh, and then it's just kind of this large presence of a wall that's all blowing yeah. air at you as you come into the gallery. Resistance. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I can see why you like this piece a lot because the, there's so much intentionality mm-hmm. to like every single mm-hmm. material used yeah. in that piece. 
Yeah, I mean, it and goes the to the acquisition of the material too. Exactly. Yeah, and it goes to these kind of extremes of, um, you know, the use of you know the water isn't just any water. It's a very specific kind. You know, every single like you were saying, every single piece of material is sourced yeah. from a very conscious way. Yeah, like in, everything in about way. that piece is well thought out. Yeah, and, like utilized to the concept of it. And I love how when you first see it, like that doesn't immediately translate right away, yeah. but the investigation of it being these things that kind of look like they could be produced from a factory and you get closer and then you see like the handwork of the person that made the air conditioning units and knowing that the water was collected by hand and it makes it this really like tangible, mm-hmm. personable, intimate experience that you're having with 32 handcrafted air conditioning units, <laughs> which is super cool. Yeah. And the, the worm was really cool. It had a constant, like, bre- you could feel the breeze on your skin just a little bit. You know, it wasn't like an intense, like, wind cannon mm-hmm. that was being shot at you. It was like there was air was being moved around in that room pretty quickly. And, you know, you could <laughs> you could see some of the water, like, trickling through the fibers and stuff. And, like, it, it was it was an intense kind Did of... Did it have a smell at all when you were in there? Not that I really noticed, but mm-hmm. probably there was a difference in like as compared to like the outdoor air. But yeah. I I didn't really I wasn't conscious of it when I walked in, mm-hmm. so I, I guess if anything, but it, it was but the, the temperature subtle. was really you know really the big thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I I loved this piece nice. seeing it in person. It was really it, it was intense, and but it was also kind of nice and uniform. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to describe how the feelings. It, it is a very mechanical visual you know you Mm -hmm. are but it is providing this very cool breeze to you you know as you are in the gallery um i don't know i i I fell in love with this piece well like i want to i want to hear like like the the how or why like in terms of this influencing your practice which i think is like there's there's a good reason in terms of our practices that like the three of us picked what we picked yeah um and i can take a guess but i kind of want to hear it from you I, I don't know. I think like one from this like an aesthetic standpoint, it's very, you know, it's minimal. It's it's yeah. the objects performing their duties and, you know, and they're lined up in a way and curated in a way just for you to be in front of them and be conscious of them. So I think that I, I kind of obviously will gravitate towards. Um, I love the use of obviously material is super important for me. Um, and, you know, and also things that already function within uh, real life and within um you know, they, they already exist, but then are altered or created in it in a new and different way. So I, I don't know. I think I connected with it on many ways other than the, you know, the content. I don't obviously have any personal connection with, you know, migration that or anything specific like that. Story, yeah. But the story, but I, I think it's a very captivating way to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the story itself is also very captivating. So nice. Yeah. That's a cool piece. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Do we want to move on to our next piece? Sure. Helena, take it away. The piece that I chose. And it was kind of hard. I was like, darn, I don't know if I want to pick something that I've seen in the past year because I don't know. But I ended up picking Fred Friedrich Friedrich, Friedrich Kunath. I Friedrich? think he's German. Roderick. I'm probably butchering the <laughs> German uh, pronunciation, but it's this piece that's an installation piece called titled All Your Fears Trapped Inside. And I saw this at Bloom and Poe. It was on exhibition. I think I went... In February, I think you I touched say. on this a little bit, but yeah. I don't think we went into the the why. I know it was the I this think, is what it looked like. Yeah, I think so. The downstairs of the gallery, he does all these really bitchin' paintings that are like super heavy textured, and they're oil paintings, so oh, you can smell them. That's right. You were talking about the paintings. Yeah, and then I think I just briefly mentioned the installation, installation room, yeah. but 
the paintings are really cool. And then it kind of is like gearing you up. And he has all these like very repeated motifs in his paintings that are echoed in this installation in like a very physical and tangible way. Like there's little sculptures in there that he includes in his paintings. And it's just like a total, like you can't walk into it because it's separated by glass, but it's the whole like sort of back like fifth of the room that he's put this yellow carpet in and then just like it looks like if someone's bedroom studio like imagination palace just like threw up <laughs> into like the back of the upstairs of Bloom and Poe and it's it's a total vibe like the sun is shining in and there's like he takes into account like the shadows and there's these birds that are made out of shoelaces and it's all very whimsical and he's got this awesome soundtrack playing in the back that I like had to Shazam some songs for because they were so good. Wait, can you name some? I'm curious. Um, I follow him on Spotify, so I I don't have them like <laughs> right off the way off the bat. But there was like a mixtape. Yeah, he had like a mixtape set up <laughs> for it, and it was just like every little tiny bit. There had all these. He had his own paintings in it, and I was with my friend Olivia Pryor, who has more um of a background in painting than I do, and she said that she loved to see like paintings incorporated into installation because it's not usually something that yeah. that boundary can be crossed effectively and yeah, it's usually I, just the painting yeah and i think that he did an awesome job like incorporating his own paintings into this installation space and then also his own sculptures and found objects and it was just really cool like it was just kind of like punk and awesome and <laughs> i don't know i loved the way that it made me feel and i remember walking in to bloom and poe and reading like the little um excerpt yeah excerpt and (laughs) yeah the little like the little paper packet that they Uh, give uh you that they have sitting at the gallery desk and it said that his work utilizes a personal style of romantic conceptualism layering poetic phrases with poignant often melancholy imagery the work embraces comedy and pathos evoking universal feelings of love hope longing and despair and I was like, that's just, he's just saying words. <laughs> like, those are just, like. So when you read it before, make it make you went. Sl- yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, like, whatever. Love, I think hope, longing, yeah. buzzword. Human experience. And then I went in and I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Like, he's not. This is that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, whatever I'm feeling right now is like exactly that. So, oh, good. You got, you got out of it then. Good. Yeah, I was. Olivia and I were like in our feels in the whole exhibition and then we just saw this and we just spent like 10 minutes with it and it was just cool to it was almost like playing I Spy which is something that I love to do as a kid it's very much an I Spy set in a way yeah like you sit there and you look and you just I don't know it made me feel like like this like romantic nostalgia that's kind of sometimes gnawing in a way yeah like it can be almost be painful, but it it was also sort of peaceful. So that was my pick for this. I I like the the strange like was it a glass wall or a plexiglass wall in between you and the mm-hmm. like you're barred from entering this, but yet it kind of like you're almost peeking into someone as an experiment, you know, into this room and viewing, uh, you know, probably yeah. something that I don't know how accurate this was to the actual artist room or whatever it was during the time, but it definitely feels like it was set up to be like something lives here something has lived yeah. here you know but in a very you know they they they're tasked to fill every inch of this wall with something that's important um no, it does I, seem like a like in a history museum's like this famous figure like had <laughs> the Basquiat this, museum this was his office yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and it definitely had that sort of feel to it like he had like 
picture like Joni Mitchell pictures and like <laughs> lyrics and like playlists and they were all things that you could see he had somehow gotten inspiration from that translated into his paintings and I really liked seeing that like behind the scenes process of it because it kind of just it felt like a vision board <laughs> yeah yeah it does look like a mind map. <laughs> so I loved I love that aspect about it I found that really inspiring no it's a fun piece is I have a question just specifically is that painting spinning around yes okay so there's some like motion involved and there was a video being played on the tv and this like mannequin i think it was like a skeleton that was like holding like a half-lit cigarette and there was like ashes on the ground like in the chair watching the tv so there was all <laughs> these like yeah very small thought out little moments happening interesting but yet it's definitely like the feel of the artist room or calling to with that original installation piece of the the guy kind of exploding through the ceiling in his room or what, what mm -hmm. piece was that? You know, the historic, oh, yeah. uh, um, I think Eastern European guy. Man. A, yeah. Like with the big hole in the ceiling. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. like slingshot it. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. That's, it definitely calls, awesome. it calls that. guy's a that. really good artist. I, you fuck, gotta send I'm me sad that. you reminded me because <laughs> I forgot his name. He was a really good artist. It, it calls to that a little bit, but definitely more in like a LA bedroom, um, you know, I've yeah, got, I've got it, everything I need. It feels of. very Los Angeles, yeah. especially with like the yellow, like light shaggy carpet. It's kind of shag, but like they realized shag was out of style, but they still yeah, wanted it. It's like you they know? took a little buzz cutter to <laughs> yeah. their shag carpet. No, it's a cool piece for sure. Very interesting. I like the, I like the shoelace birds. Those are fun. And it was cool because they started out in the, the open space where you were walking. I see, yeah. And, and then, the birds kind of like, show directionality because yeah, they're going and inside. And the birds go in there and then they go outside. So they're also hung outside of the window. <laughs> oh, fun. That's fun. Like blowing in the wind. So fun. I thought that was pretty clever and cute and just overall. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, like a wholesome. <laughs> the movie set, yeah. Wholesome piece. Next, we're moving on to Ethan's. So for mine, I um, picked um, Mungo Thompson's The American Desert for Chuck Jones, which I have seen multiple times, but also recently. Um, Mostly picked for Where'd a chance to it? get to talk about this. In um, MoMA. Ooh. I saw it first in, I believe, the Hammer Museum. That was the first time I saw it. But that piece, as soon as it was made, it got a lot of traction. The Hammer Museum shows a lot of Thompson's work. But then eventually, LA MoCA acquired it in their permanent collection, which is <laughs> super awesome. Because yeah. um, I, I think LA MoCA displays it perfectly. The, I couldn't find a photo of it. Um, I was looking through my photos, but I couldn't find it. They use an old box television set <laughs> to display this piece yeah. now, which is like perfect. Like yeah. I wish Mungo Thompson thought of that one. Um, originally it was projected, but the American Desert for Chuck Jones. Um, if you don't know, Chuck Jones was, I believe he's dead already, uh, an old American animator for the Looney Tunes cartoons. And the American Desert is a 34-minute running video loop um, that has every single still from the Roadrunner series. <laughs> Without the Roadrunner or Wile E. Coyote, so just the background, just the yeah. desert, That's yeah, awesome. just the desert, and what you're left with is like hundreds, thousands of like beautiful drawings on takes of like the Arizona desert, <laughs> which is really, really beautiful because it's super silent. Like, yeah, if you take out like the only two characters doing actions in that cartoon, it's literally just like looking at the desert. Yeah, I mean, it's this thing that wasn't supposed to be focused on that's now being, you know, highlighted and brought mm. straight to your attention, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, I love when artists do things similar to that. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you artists like to pick at what 
I always think if it's, it's like the Baldessari way to do things to pick at what people don't typically notice in imagery. Yeah, and that's that was like Baldessari's whole thing with like the the dot paintings. Mm-hmm. Like he would cover up the people's faces and their hands so you could focus on what else is the background. Like where is that taking place? What time it was taking place? And what are the people doing there? Because you don't have all of these faces or objects that people are holding to look forward to because that's what we as human beings naturally gravitate towards when Mm -hmm. we see Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we just see in general and the american desert was cool because chuck jones animated these just for time filler essentially like all it was was to buy a few seconds and because everything was hand drawn like he wanted to make it look like accurate and really good and um the entire purpose of all of Chuck Jones' drawings have been stripped from this, and all you're left with is, like, a beautiful portrait of America. <laughs> I love that. That's, how long did you stay? I um did not watch the whole thing. I watched about 15 minutes of it and realized That's that, good. wow, Roadrunner went on for a really <laughs> long time. Um, so I didn't stay for the whole thing, but there were a lot of really, really beautiful stills. I bet of like the canyons and the winding yeah. desert roads <laughs> and the super straight roads really with the good, mesas like, cliffs and, and stuff. Yeah. All the all the all the cliffs and the boulders without like the rope, without the anvils, without like the oil. That's so cool. It's very, very simple, very sweet piece. Yeah, that. it's one of those things that I think I like a lot because again, like the whole idea of like artists being great con men and con women achieving yeah. like the maximum mm-hmm. impact with like the least effort. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I wish oh, I could God. put in a little bit of effort. But every time I end up, I always end up putting more effort into everything. Like, as in, like, I don't know, the car door piece I'm working on now, I, I originated with just a still piece. And of course, but I now you want to put more yeah. into motors it, yeah. and, and things that make <laughs> it hard. Bits and, and bubbles. And, yeah, little bit I respect doodads. it. On the other side of the coin, I'm lazy. Like, yeah. I'm real lazy <laughs> with my art. <laughs> You spent hours taping sauce packets together. I spent hours <laughs> thinking about easy. no. I spent hours <laughs> thinking about taping sauce packets together, and then I ask people to do it for me because it's just easier. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got for that one. That's an awesome piece. That's I would a great love piece. To it's see simple. That in yeah. yeah, you guys should check it out if you're. I'm gonna check it is out it tomorrow just, again. Is it just silent? <laughs> it it technically has sound, but it's just static. Mm-hmm. At Got least it. the 15 minutes that I saw, yeah. it was just the static from like the old cartoon mm-hmm, recordings. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. No, uh, no soundtrack or anything. Yeah, check it out if you're if you're willing to make the drive to LA Mocha. <laughs> <laughs> you're going tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. I I want to see that thing again. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just for that? No, no God, other no. reason. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I'm going tomorrow too. Which I guess I should have said earlier. Gene Lau has an opening tomorrow. Oh, really? nice. At Luis de Jesus. Um. So Lile did all the video pieces mm-hmm, for Jean mm-hmm. Lau, like these performance yeah, uh-huh. pieces to go along with like Those the installations. So yeah. And um she's taking me to the opening because there's like some event that Louis Stasis, the gallery owner, is doing after that we're gonna go to. Got it. But I want to go earlier so I can go to the Broad yeah. and LA Mocha again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You gotta. And uh Luis de Jesus, which is a really cool space because I've never been, but mm-hmm. um he used to represent I think two of my professors when I was in undergrad, David oh, and Lil nice. Corbin, he used to represent them when he had a gallery space in downtown San Diego. Uh-huh. He no longer does. I believe that space has long been gone for a few years. But there were some really cool installations there. That The one that I always remember is Dave Aidy had this um, installation called John Henry. Mm-hmm. And it was thousands, thousands of books. Mm-hmm. Um from end to end, from one wall to the other side of the wall, yeah. held uh, with held with nothing but like the the pressure the of the pressure books. of yeah. the books yeah. being oh. compressed, and then like 
a single spiral of sawhorses holding up like the center point. <laughs> <That's so laughs> it was cool. such a fun looking installation. It was wow. really, really neat. Yeah, that's gotta be intense to to set that up. But I love I love Did those he challenges. display that in the Athenaeum? Did yeah, it was me? also in the yeah, Athenaeum. I saw it pictures moved there. from that. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love when they go out on a limb and put some installation that's work fun. in that space. I know. It's fun. Any space. Any but space. Yes, that was <laughs> yeah. specifically. No, I quite agree with that. <laughs> yes. Historic spaces, it's actually Yeah, exciting. exactly. So right. now we're going to move on to a favorite piece from, you know, anywhere yeah. beyond a year or Classic within a year or old time favorites. <laughs> An old timey piece. <laughs> No, um, 2019. By, by that I mean 2019. Um, I think is exactly when I saw this piece. Um, I, sorry, see? and this oh, this piece um, is a piece by uh, Sable Elise Smith. I saw it. Uh, it's called Cornering. I saw it at MoMA PS1 in nice. New York. Um, I was there by myself, just exploring the city, and I I made my way out there. And good deal. I'd actually seen a bunch of photos before of this piece. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of those that like made its rounds on Instagram because it's very simple. Um, but in, in, it's a beautiful piece. Uh, the piece is titled "Cornering," if, and it's um made of it's powder coated aluminum in these kind of prison tables and seats that are present within yeah. uh, visiting rooms. Um, and I'll I'll kind of talk a little bit about that. So Sable's work is conceptual sculptures and two dimensional works that interrogate the instability of the economy, language, power, and the constructed kind of social history of a lot of things pointing back to the American industrial or prison industrial complex mm-hmm. and all of these kind of uh, interesting factors that go into our prison systems and pulling from, you know, things like the visitor tables, the coloring books that are made available in correctional facilities, ramen noodles that are used as forms of commerce within <laughs> um, uh, the prison systems yeah. mm. and kind of treating these, you know, ordinary objects and ra- raising them as issues of labor, class and memory and evoking new associations with things that are kind of this very seemingly familiar, especially with, um, you know, people who have been involved with the incarceration and whatnot. Yeah. So the table itself is questioning this kind of violent vernacular present within the, uh, that complex. This sculpture that nods to the structural formation of tables frequently found in prisons and visiting rooms. While these tables remain uh, a site for meeting, they are also designed as a space to be monitored with ease and in round by guards to reduce the exchange of contraband and prevent visitors from having any real privacy or intimacy within their interactions. Um, so they've created this kind of a series of these sculptures that all kind of change them in ways. I think the newest one that I've seen presented was at the uh, Whitney Biennial, where oh, it was sick. a very large kind of merry-go-round, or not oh. merry-go, Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. It was a Ferris wheel made That's of these prison tables crazy. that all kind of just uh slowly spun within the gallery space damn um, that's fucking sweet yeah no it, it i love the work that they're doing with these and i didn't realize that all of their work or uh, not all of their but the works that i'd seen that were um alongside these ones also had to do with the uh kind of prison industrial complex mm-hmm. um you know the coloring book ones i think are what uh they were known for kind of alongside this work as well are these very kind of childlike cartoon drawing coloring books that are, you know, blown up to, you know, large photo or large painting sizes and then are kind of accompanying these uh, other objects. They have a couple that look like almost playground jacks, like the little toys mm-hmm. and, and playground equipment uh-huh. that are just the stools that are present within these tables. So they have a bunch of different versions of these that they've made. Some that are like 
kind of security guard archways that are made out of the prison tables themselves. So you walk in between them. But I was going to read a little something from the artist of saying these tables are specifically from the prison space and they're the magnitude and scale at which the prisons populate the United States and how many bodies have been in that space. There's a whole economy and set of business that are built around the number of bodies in those spaces. So these are multi-million dollar companies that are fabricated these tables, their businesses, their livelihood thrives on the predication on the number of bodies present within prisons. Um, if we reduce the sentences, the incarceration rates, the industry kind of fails. Mm -hmm. So it is all calling to this kind of, at the end of the day, there's this whole huge backbone to the prison system and the fabricators that make the tables and the people that sell the, you know, the prison garments and all things like that that are so ingrained into our um, society that make it so these things remain present. You know, at the end of the day, even if there were less people, they would still, they would still want there to be more so that they could provide their goods, yeah. you know? I, and I love how simple this work is and how it just kind of alters the, um, you know, the, the physical table itself by having, I think there's six sides to it. It's kind of made into this large shape, all bolted together um, to, goodness, I, I don't know how to describe it, but they're kind of bolted end to end almost trying to make this kind of cyclical form yeah. uh, that it kind of ties into the cyclical nature of our prison systems. That's nice. That's it, cool. It's a really, you know, simple piece, but I, I love the, the, the color also is, is amazing. It's this really nice kind of almost um, policing blue. I don't know if, if there's a better way to put it, but law enforcement blue and the really black tables that are all, you know, powder coated and look like they're fabricated to be that way. To be, or, you know, as if they were to function this way normally. That's so. nice, yeah. Just letting do, le letting the object do its own thing with the history and the context that it already carries. Yeah. You know, we we look at that and we know, like, no, oh, that's a that's a prison table. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's a simple piece, but I think it's pretty effective for me. I that's don't know. beautiful. Yeah, I like it's that really, title really cornering too. It feels like it looks like a portal of some sort. <laughs> like you could like walk through. Yeah, it looks like a big eye. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool piece. Man, I'm when I'm you, still thinking about that Ferris wheel. When <laughs> you saw it in person, were they exhibiting other works in the same space? Yeah, there was, uh, I think it was a collection. I think the the show itself was called Mood. Um, it was from their artisan residence at MoMA. Mm. Um, oh, cool. So they had a bunch. And it, the, what's kind of interesting is that the room itself was quite small. Like each room that their work was present in was small. So this one, I think, was only accompanied by maybe one or two other sculptures. I can't remember if it was the ramen piece. It was like these kind of, ramen stacked in like on like a pallet as if mm -hmm. they were kind of this currency or this kind of valuable good or almost bricks or mm -hmm. whatever they were and then there was i think there was a hundred uh one dollar bills on a scale in the room too just like sitting there as well so i mean there was this kind of conversation and i think there was also like a, a one of those kind of display cabinets for jewelry or whatever that had like hennessy in it and think like like kind of I don't know designer alcohol or whatever you would however you would say it <laughs> in the room as well so all kind of tying into these weird forms of um you know commodities and and Man. and consumerism and yeah. also like but how that is used as a way of commerce and and money and wealth mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. prison within systems prisons. and and outside of that that sounds good that this sounds like a killer show like no, all together yeah. It, it was really, it was really unique, and I, I love just, I don't know, stumbling across this piece, especially. I didn't know it was there, and I had just always, I'd seen photos of it. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to see that sometime. And then I'll leave it to leave it, it to MoMA. <laughs> you just walk in, and you'll yeah. find something good. Man, that's that's, that's bitching. That's pretty cool. <laughs> we want to move on to the next piece. I think yeah. this one's by Helena. If if I had to guess, but for the, I, I for the have, love of David Hockney, <laughs> I have to say, 
Not that I'm complaining, but this is the only non-sculpture slash installation piece that okay. makes this list. Which is kind of nice. I just think it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> Before I talk. Yeah, you know, I picked David Hockney's Pear Blossom Highway from 1986. And this is a chromogenic collage print, which is, it's a photography-based piece that I actually first heard about in this book called, oh gosh. Oh, the book you just bought? Like... No, not that book. Oh. I think it's called something, something, the attention economy. Anyways. It's not like an art history book? No. Um. Well, the woman that wrote it, gosh. Okay, it's called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny O'Dell. <laughs> and she's nothing. a visual artist and a researcher mm -hmm. based in San Francisco. She's also an author. And I think she like she's very poetic, so she might do poetry too. Anyways, like bitchin' really cool badass lady. Yeah, she's a cool person. She mm -hmm. does these really cool artworks where she like scavenges Google Earth satellite imagery and like isolates like industrial like farming structures and like p like organizes them like uh -huh. in like a collage thing so i can see how like she would resonate with this work but anyways regardless she mentioned this piece and in her book and i was just captivated by the way that she talked about it and then learning more about david hockney and i actually just got his book for like four dollars which was really cool i haven't <laughs> read it but i read the introduction a good deal and i love the way that he talked about um perception and also representation in art and how like even a, a photograph is abstract because it captures something in a subjective way like it can never fully show reality so everything true. Yeah. that every form of art and everything is inherently abstract like his thing is all our art is abstract and i mm -hmm. really like that and this i thought was really cool because he's he's when you take a photograph you're really just getting that one viewpoint of it and mm -hmm. he got like kind of cubist with this so he's he's trying to replicate what it's like to see a location as if you were really there so when you're with someone and he also has a series of portraits um in this similar style but when you're looking across like a landscape your eye is focusing in on these small locations and these small little bits and moments like you look on the oh. ground you see a can you look yeah. to the sky so you just see sky the stuff that you so notice he's just capturing like in each sh frame like those small moments of glances of where your eyes dart and then he reorganizes it in this way that is you know in some ways maybe more truthful of what the landscape actually looks like if you were there viewing it like yeah with your own eyes so i really i really thought that was really cool cool concept <laughs> i'm gonna go yeah. over the visuals of this piece because like we're all looking at it on our laptops but for those of you who aren't it's this very you know it's a it looks like it's a scenery of somewhere out in the desert you know yeah, it's like and it's in, a road it's like two hours away from here yeah it's in the californian desert yeah yeah, yeah californian desert but it's looks like it's collaged of a bunch of square images that of like as if you stood in one spot and zoomed in on everything yeah. around you and made it you know made a collection of you know made a large photograph out of a collection of like 300 photographs yeah and they're mm -hmm. all these kind of square pieces that all add up and don't quite mesh together well enough but you get the idea of the landscape from all of them there's some joshua trees <laughs> joshua trees a lot of road signs some cigarettes and 
beer bottles beer just on the on side the, of the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I loved it. I loved how he was kind of, because I feel like photography sort of became, and like when it was invented, became this like, the all-seeing truth of yeah. what is actually real, and I feel like people and have, not art. Yeah, yeah. And it became like a documentation, and it became fact. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that it's cool that he's saying like, "Well, no, it's not really fact," and that, um, I don't know. Here's something that's not really reality, but I'm saying is more real than real, like more real than your understanding of real through a photograph. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I I love it. It's kind of a weird, like it's kind of how trickstery. memories are formed. Yeah, yeah kind of thing. I I like it. Um, I, so I resonated with that a lot. And also like, what, what do we take? He's like pointing at what things we take as true. Are they really true? Yeah. And yeah. what things do we take as objective reality or really objective reality? And I feel like that's something that, um, is fun to think yeah. about. And uh, there's a lot of like room for play in that. So I think he was really successful in that. And I there's saw There's a this. great conversation that comes out of like the idea behind that piece. Yeah, and I love the desert too, which is <laughs> another reason why yeah. I really like this piece too. Um, I think like the cropping of like our memories, I think is what I start to think about. And like, what you hone in on as important and that's emphasized through like, you know, the street signs are a little bit bigger than they should be as mm-hmm. far as like perspective. Totally. And like there's things that are in frame that probably weren't like, in any visual, like, you know, if you were to take a single photo of this, they, they wouldn't really be shown in that way. But no, I, I think it draws a strange importance to those features that are probably, you know, otherwise dismissed or, or, or the ones that are dismissed, making them really known to be dismissed and kind of blend in. Or I, it's, yeah, it's a strange little collage of things yeah. that I don't it's like know a, if I fully get yet. But it's like a little there. dreamlike thing. And talking about memories, too, I feel like when, when I look back on childhood memories and I'm like, did I really remember that? or or was that just a, a, did I see a picture of that yeah. in a childhood photo album? And I'm like, oh, I remember that. Yeah, but, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me. But so. Interesting. It reminds me of, you know how we had at, at Quint, the Jean Lau show, she had those giant. Swank. Yeah, Swank. Yeah. She had those big um, interior. Great print, halls. Gr- German yeah. castle paintings. Yeah, like these mm-hmm. big paintings of hallways and like. um uh palace rooms Very all ornate, from germany yeah beautiful classic really gaudy kind yeah, of super buildings gaudy. yeah she did the same thing in there and she would take these photo collages where she would um take pictures of the interiors and then like collage them and then base her um painting off of that photo collage huh and oh, it kind of created, you know how the pic, the... Per, they're like very warped. Yeah, like the perspective is really yeah. like yeah. sort of... All over the place, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I wonder if she she knows, she probably knows about this piece. It's too loud. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know about this piece personally from David Hockney. I'm obviously, you think of, you know, what, pe- you know, the big piece from David Hockney yeah. that's yeah, sold the at swimming, Christie's or what, you the, know. The swimming or, pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but no, this, I, I love how experimental Hockney is. I know that, you know, his work is very not afraid to dive into new yeah. things and no new, he's a new big intellectual and, yeah outside yeah. of being a successful painter and this one isn't this is this is not painting right mm-hmm. this is just a print mm-hmm. yeah nice yeah so that's my very pick. interesting <laughs> i like that your hockney pick is one of the collages that's cool it probably wouldn't have been one of his paintings <laughs> <laughs> moving on to yeah. ethan's piece this is the last one guys. favorite this is one of my favorite pieces i don't think we've ever got to talk about mike kelly do you guys like mike kelly at all Yes, I think. I think you've mentioned him. Yeah, I, I've been like, I, oh, I'm not too familiar cool. with specific His work. most famous piece is the stuffed animal big installation. Oh, yeah. Like uh-huh. He stitches stuff yeah, yeah, yes. together. Yeah. Um, this is, I think this is like 
like not that the art has to interest you but like this um series of work is very interesting in kelly's um entire career because he started making candors in 1999 and he kept working on it until he died he died in january of like 2012 huh. so um, what explain what the piece visually is for those who are listening so what we're looking at is this is just one of many candors is the one title used for multiple different works but uh -huh. it's referring to all of them all the time got it um and it's these cast resin cities like these um uh alien cities cast in resin with a light box underneath it in multiple different bright colors that are always put on like these pedestals or these big blocks of stones uh -huh. and some of which are encased in custom made bell jars got it. also of color so it's very bright and whenever they're on display at least like the three times that i've seen candors in person it's always been in a dark room like the room lights have always yeah. been turned off and candor um i didn't know this until i saw it for the first time candor is the uh name given to superman's hometown like that foreign <laughs> planet uh -huh. where he's yeah. from that like blew up yeah when like he escaped as a baby, um, that's what Candor's is. And Mike Kelly was absolutely fascinated from an early point in his career with the idea that, um, as a guy who loved the Superman comic books, he noticed that every time Superman's origin story was rewritten in a different format, the way that Candor's was depicted was never the same. Like in some depictions, it was like just this weird, like, stone crystal kind of looking uh citadel and in some cases it was like a metropolis like a, a carbon copy of new york city just not on planet earth and everything <laughs> in between yeah like candors has had so many different kinds of depictions because superman has like been going yeah. on forever and mm -hmm. multiple people are always rewriting superman's story and he liked the idea that um in like a classic American boy who loves reading comic yeah. books, you always take these um, memories with you of like your first comic book or whatever, and your favorite comic book superhero. But the memories are always, but the memory of this one little aspect of that story is always different for everybody because yeah. the city of Candor is never depicted the same <laughs> way. So he built every single kind of Candors cool. there was to build multiple different Candors. Um, there were thousands of them, are thousands wow. of them, and a lot of them are single candors on uh -huh. one pedestal in this big colorful bell jar that's uh -huh. been encapsulated and others were like this the one we're looking at which is a big cluster of multiple different kinds of candors um <laughs> fused together in this multicolored cityscape I, I can see how you like this piece there's lots of colorful ob plastic <laughs> yeah. objects it's really pretty one. to look at yeah <laughs> it's it super very, plastic and it is very yeah plasticky as as you would say and very city you know yeah. depiction of a city and memory of a city um and yeah, I, I guess that kind of weirdly ties into Helena's piece in a weird memory way of how we, you know, these important moments within childhood, whether that be, you know, a critical moment within your favorite comic book or something like that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fascinating how he does recreate them because they look, I don't know, it looks kind of like a bunch of just random, you know, objects from your house. Yeah, you know, just like glued together. Glued yeah. together with yeah, the light shining through them. Yeah, kind of like <laughs> sex toy ass. Yeah. <laughs> this one looks extremely phallic, yeah. Yeah. This, this one's Some a Really one. pointy butt plugs. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Anyways, something else. No, they're beautiful though, and I love that they're exhibited in a dark room too. Yeah, it was a cool, uh, the first time I saw this was in Hauser and Worth, and the mm -hmm. way it was presented was cool because Mike Kelly had died maybe like two or three years 
before they put up yeah. the show. But instead of doing a big retrospective of Mike Kelly's more famous work, they wanted to do like a collection of all the candors or mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as they could fit within all the buildings of Hauser oh, and Worth. That's cool. And it was cool because some of those rooms had the first room was the very first candor experiment in which there were no sculptures at all. Yeah. And it was um it was a video documentation because Mike Kelly's also well known for his performance pieces where he hired this actor to pose as Superman and reintroduce the narrative of where he's from and kind of give everybody who walks in a general summary of what Candor's is and yeah. why it's important <laughs> to him. And then it has all of these like hundreds of sketches of Candor's um from like these little comic book like sketch drawings. And then you walk into the next room and it's like the further stage, like in the 2000s, he started actually building like resin and glass versions of the cities, each on pedestals with the bell jar in this dark room. And then the next room contained the next phase in which he tried to depict them with these lenticulars, like um, Mm -hmm. out of comic book style light box uh, paintings. And then the last room had all of these big ones, like the photo we're looking at right now. And then it had this, this big stone installation, like, Candor's was just all rocks. Like it was like it <laughs> I was like, like there's like a little shambles. rocky one there too. I like the rocky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. The rocky bit. They it really was, contrast um, with the glass. It was crazy to see all of them in one room, knowing the the story of like why Mike Kelly was so fascinated, but he never got to fully actualize his piece before he died. Yeah, and what was left was just this random collection of basically tries, to, <laughs> like these trials to wow to finalize a like this is candors this is the piece that i wanted wow i love that like chronological that's so special that you got to see them all in one space too and see them chronologically depicted and like go through his process sort of with him in retrospect yeah that's a good way to do a retrospective especially with someone who does work in this way that is Mm -hmm. this constant development yeah over time yeah Yeah. in collection yeah that's cool damn dedication to that yeah, it's Candors. it's an interesting piece. It's it also speaks to the whole. Th- there are some artists who like are addicted to the idea of like repetition and mm-hmm. like forever like working on a single idea. Yeah, until they feel fully satisfied with it, that they never want to go back to it. <laughs> I wonder if they crazy. like know that 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 will that their practice will go that way, and or like. You think they think they're going to get there at some point? Yeah, or like if it just comes and then they're like, oh, like this is the one. <laughs> or like it like keeps them up at night. Because I'm like, I would love to have, like it'd be cool to have an idea that yeah. like swept me off my feet that much that I'd want to work yeah. on it for 20 odd years. That's true, yeah. That's true. I, I also, but but it's also very, like Mike Kelly w- was very successful. He was like a household name in contemporary art. and mm-hmm. And he... So I think from an early point in his career, he didn't need to worry about doing anything but making art. Yeah. So he certainly had a lot of time on his hands to think about like the Candor series and how he wanted to further pursue it, even if it wouldn't necessarily go anywhere at it the felt, time. It, yeah, it feels like a, a passion hobby for him. But, yeah. it, you know, I don't know outside of his other works or whatever. You I know. know it's it like, seems like that He goes home too, from though. making his other works and, you He's know, like, works, ah, instead of working on his train he set. Or his, yeah. You know, candors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> instead of building his Legos, yeah. he's, he's making Candors. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a cool piece. I think that that's that's the end of yeah. our slideshow. That wraps it up. Yeah, that seals the deal. Very cool pieces, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, we had sharing. some we had some cool stuff. I'm <laughs> glad that we were able to kind of divide through it. Each one, you know, definitely points to each other's practice in a very unique <laughs> way. So I, I love yeah. that. 
that's a good way to figure out, you know, your own identity just by looking at what pieces you choose for these kind of things. True, <laughs> but true. yeah, I don't know. Um, thank you all for listening. I mean, this yeah. has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to catch up with Helena and see what all the fun things we're doing. Make sure to check out the Desert Echoes show from March 14th to April 14th. This coming Wednesday. And the reception is this coming Wednesday, uh, March 15th from 11 to 1 p.m. We'll have Ethan's exhibition opening next Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, March 18th. March 18th from 5 to 7 in the Oceanside. Oceanside. Yep. Yep. Museum Uh, of Art. Be there or be square. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm sure you'll hear a lot more updates from us in the future. Anything else before we sign off? No, just take it easy. Enjoy life. (laughs) Stay healthy. Drink water. Yeah, take your vitamin C, guys. (laughs) Magnesium. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Brush your teeth. Get eight hours of sleep at least. Brush your Brush teeth. Brush your teeth. Floss, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, all the good stuff. So. Cut your fingernails. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Clean your nose. This has been episode seven of Art Sofa Podcast, where we have graciously talked about our favorite artworks. Some of them. Some, some of them. A Many. few of them. Yeah. Many. Just, no, just a few. few. Just a couple. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Hit us up on Instagram. And we have a TikTok. We do have a TikTok. I don't know. I just post some <laughs> funny videos on there from time to time. So who knows if, what you'll get. It, might, it may go. <laughs> but if you follow us on uh, Instagram, I'm sure you'll see a lot of the same stuff. That's all we got for today. Yeah. See you, see you next week. I won't get sick again. Signing off. Peace. Bye.